This is for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve. Go ahead and play it back, you ain't gonna touch me, you're not gonna do nothing, you are not above me, I bet you wish you was me, I know that I know. This is for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve. Go ahead and play it back, I know that I know. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Solve for Why vlogcast. This is episode number 22 after a brief hiatus where I headed to the mountains because I couldn't deal with the presidential election. I came back a new man, still no new president, still new up for debate, <laughs> still no chin. We don't know where he's at. He's uh, probably in the Dominican Republic where they don't have these types of issues. So instead, I'm joined by my wonderful young co-host mm. for the week, Landon the Prince Tice. We're going to do this? Self-proclaimed Prince? Is no. Self-proclaimed? Yeah. You know me well enough that I wouldn't call myself the Prince. No, you're right. You call yourself the God. I'm a God. Uh-huh. Prince? No. God? Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into it a little bit today. These young fucking kids need to put some respect on the name. Uh, I think that's a conversation we can have a little bit later in the show. I'm getting to know way too many 21 and 22-year-olds uh, between you and Chris K and Jeremiah and Lynn and just this whole collective of up-and-comers. Next who, gen. Uh, yeah, next gen who uh, think very little of the generation before them. The old-timey regs. The, old, you, the perceived good regs. The old, the old, wow, <laughs> you're just bang-banging right out of the gate, huh? No. All right, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, there are some things happening in the poker world. High-stakes poker is back. Poker After Dark is back. COVID be damned. We don't give a shit. We're all playing live poker. Uh, you've been in the high-stakes streets online. Daniel versus Doug is now a week in. Uh, I feel like I'm still forgetting something else. Chance, Phil. Chance and Phil, the Galfon Challenge. Chance out to a surprising lead. Maybe not that surprising since, uh, um, you know, maybe maybe someone dabbled a little bit on the Chance side in this room. I'm not sure. I'm not, <laughs> no faith in the old-timey regs. I got faith. Went for the other old-timey reg. Rolled from one old-timey reg to another. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess let's start with Daniel and Doug. Let's do it. Since that's probably the most... I guess, uh, relevant topic as of when we're filming this. Yeah. Uh, we're f four sessions in? Four sessions, yeah. Okay, four sessions Today in. Today was four. Daniel did pretty well in the live environment. Yeah. Um, as a casual viewer and somebody who plays a lot of live poker, <laughs> uh, even though it's only a 200 hand sample, I feel like Doug looked less in his comfort zone. Not that he's losing in that environment by any stretch. Right. But I do think that like... Uh, I, I don't know that he wins as much poker if they play the entire challenge live. Or sorry, I, I don't know if he wins as many big blinds if they play the entire challenge live as opposed to online. Yeah, that's probably fair. Uh, I think Daniel's giving up a lot of EV by two Point. tabling, yeah. rapid hands. Like, you know, you're getting three bet by Doug on one table. You're facing a cold four on the other one. You have this big all-in river decision. And, you know, you're constantly ping-ponging back and forth. Like these old-timey regs, man, they don't think that fast, <laughs> you know? <laughs> We're 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 still we're still looking through the blueprint of of the solves and just trying to like let it all distill in and yeah of course you know run it through so yeah I mean like I've had my stint in some higher stakes live stuff and uh, we've had some conversations about the differences between live and oh online. yeah you online guys man you struggle <laughs> you struggle you know what I think the biggest part of it is is just keeping track of pot size yeah that's part of it in some 
to some extent, yeah. Like, you like you don't have your market range. I'll keep it. I'll keep. I'll keep a rough estimate of what's in the pot. Yeah, and then like use what I see fit. Like, in well, this like all right. Up. So there's a few things going on. You don't have your market ranges in front of you. I don't have them anyway. You don't have. Cheating, you don't have a number on the screen telling you what the pot size is or what the stack sizes That's are. That's the more important part. And you have to do math to arrive at your eighty percent, your thirty-three percent, your twenty-five percent. Yeah. So it's annoying. It's annoying. It's yeah. like you can't. You don't just have hot. You keys. don't click buttons. There's no right. hot keys. There's no mouse. There's no scroll. Scrolly mouse wheel. Yeah. And you're a goddamn tailbox. Yeah. <laughs> I give it all away. I probably, honestly, I, I definitely, I definitely do. I don't know if that's true or not. I literally haven't played any live with you at sure, all. Sure, but um, I'm a pretty animated guy and I think I know more than I do. Yeah. Yeah, that's, <laughs> <laughs> I'd say that's accurate. That, that fits the poker and pickleball both. Yeah. Um, there are lessons to be learned, but I think, you know, it's it's good. It's mutual. We are, you, you. I keep you humble, you keep me young. Kind of thing. <laughs> You're right. It's, it's, a, it's classic a trade-off. Exchange. Yeah. You, um, you go from old timey rag to less old timey rag. I really appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really appreciate that. You know. I we're you know what we're not gonna talk about Doug and Daniel yet. We're just gonna get into this conversation. Uh I was talking I was talking to um Andre about this today. Okay. Where, you know, the more and more young kids that I'm hanging around, first of all, it's like it's 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 somewhat inspiring because you guys are just out to conquer the fucking world. Poker's gonna be in good hands. I, I maybe don't, I don't know that poker's even gonna exist to be in your hands the way things are trending. To be quite frank, live there'll always be spots. There will always be live, but none but of you not public. Maybe none of you want to play live. You don't want to leave your fucking beds. I understand. I don't. I definitely don't. The online generation definitely did ne- did not change from 2003 to now. As in, like, as in the incentive to like put in volume as opposed to like playing very low volume, slow paced live games. Oh yeah. And I think like the live crowd is kind of the same. Like, there's just no interest to going into online whenever you have this super soft environment that you're beating for big numbers. Did were most like back in the day? I back in the day, I guess, like when I was in like <laughs> like sixth grade, yeah, right? Right. Uh, were most of the pros that were online like young? They were just younger guys, right? Most of them, like yeah. Like there was some like with the exception of like tournaments, I think. Sure, but I, I think, just mean for like cash games, I guess. Yeah, yeah like for sure. And I'm assuming that's kind but like of outside the of Dur and Jungle Man and maybe a handful of others, I guess Galfon qualifies. And, yeah, you know, Robo. There's not there's even a poker. Very, there's a very short list of those guys that transitioned into the live realm. Right, as I was gonna say, like there's not that many like kids my age that are like strictly live. No. There's some. But Chris like, K is like one of the few that comes to mind. I mean, I guess in the sense of like scalability to playing like. 1500 plus like consistently like right those. like it, it's like just jeremiah is a good example but yeah. i think he would rather play online too i think so too yeah yeah so like i was talking to andre about this and i was okay. like i was like man these young kids like they they're so pie-eyed and they just want all the money now and they just you know they see the game in a way that is super full of optimism and super full of ev Okay. Because like you should. You're young and you're successful. And I'm I'm saying you as the collective yeah. you, not just specifically you. Right. I I am getting the opposite end of that spectrum of maybe playing more good spots. Yeah. But I mean, just in general, there are like way more twenty one to twenty five year olds who have six figures available to them. Yeah. Whether they've earned it or they get backing yeah. than I can ever remember Back. throughout you know, like 2003 to 2007, there were some that just like stepped in shit and made what a lot of money. What irresponsible human would give someone like me six figures to play poker with, huh? Well, there's a group of us. 
Um, but like speaking to that group, I was telling Andre, I was like, you know, these kids, they, they're, they're, I keep calling you kids. That's unfair. I like, mean, you're young I, adults. I treat myself like I'm six. Like, sure. You, you, I'm like, we talked about before, like in poker, I'm like pretty professional, but like in life outside of poker. Oh, you're a mess. I'm a mess. You're I'm a, a fucking mess. I'm, I'm like middle school, maybe. Uh, I would I'm say like, like pre, freshman year of like, college. Nah, because like, you have takeout everywhere. I don't everywhere. have a license left. I don't have a license yet. Yeah, whatever. I'm there like, are freshmen like in college school. that don't have licenses. Sure. Freshman in college, no license. Yeah, well, like your bed's fucking stripped. It's <laughs> always just like bare. There's there's takeout boxes everywhere. You haven't cooked a meal ever in your life. I've cooked a meal in my life. Once, Cook maybe. some chicken and some steaks. Yeah, nice, nice. Good job, buddy. I've cooked some chicken I'm and impressed. some steaks. You know, like maybe, maybe not. You've uh, You've maybe perhaps dabbled in getting your clothes washed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You do your own? I did. Right. I did it at the house. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm not <laughs> accusing you of anything. Um, but yeah, like, you know, collectively, like the whole group of these young up-and-comers that I'm exposed to in the live realm that also play online, you're all mature in very different ways. Yeah. Like, it's very clear. You all come from very different backgrounds. You have different lenses through which you see the game uh, or maybe through which you see life. Yeah. And your maturity shines through in very different ways. Like, right. Chris is a very well-grounded uh you know mentally sound uh, i guess like trying to really rein in his emotions at 21 yeah and then like i see jeremiah and it's just like he's just you know he's at that killer phase yeah where it's just like he's impervious he's made a lot of money already and he's just ready to play any competition yada 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 you're in that situation where it's like you're very professional in the poker realm you're very 21 ish in the uh, non-poker realm yeah so it's just like it's it's fascinating to me but what collectively i see Okay. From all of you, it's just the utter disrespect. <laughs> disrespect. Huh? Oh, the disrespect. Where it's just like, I was like, yeah, man. I was, I was like, you know what it is? Is I was telling Andre this. I was like, these guys look at someone like Nick Shulman, who in my my eyes is just like, you know, one of the goats. And like, you know, I'm not putting words in your mouth because I know you're very close to Nick. Yeah. So I'm not saying that you see it this way, but sure. I'm saying like your collection of of age group. It's like you okay. look at a guy like Nick Shulman the same way I look at a guy like Eric Seidel. Okay. Like I look at Seidel and I'm just like, God damn, that guy just reinvents himself. He found a way to hang around for like four or five decades. Yeah. Like he's just, you know, he's not the greatest in the world, but he's competing at a very high he's level. He's there. Yeah. I think that that's how you guys see a guy like Shulman. Well, for like, oh, look at this guy. He hard, reinvented it's himself. Me, it's hard he got for me to the say booth. because like, I know it's hard for me to say because like, I know Nick like more than most yeah, in yeah, that of regard. But like. Maybe Nick is a bad example. Well, but like, I mean, in the sense of like people know Nick more as a commentator than like a poker player. And Nick was like, insane. and Nick was the goddamn truth back in the day. Like yeah. I've, had, I've had conversations with him about this. I was like, I was like, when you were my age, like, what were you up to? He was like, yeah, like I was playing the highest stakes stuff. Like when I was younger than you and like, yeah. I was like just crushing back then. And I was like, I was like, that's you. Like <laughs> that's you. And he's like, yeah, that's me. This I'm is like, what I'm talking about. You guys have no sense of history. Exactly. It's so like, I can throw out somebody who has, we a, don't got a poker history textbook for all this. Right. I throw out a name who's been like playing for 18 years and has like, you know, 10 million in earnings <laughs> and is currently playing the Tritons <laughs> and like playing cash games at like the one K two K level. And it's like, Hey, how would you feel about playing like in a game with him? It's like, he sucks. Right. <laughs> it's like, he's trash, huh? What do you mean? It's like, oh, he's an old-timey reg. Like, old, he doesn't study, does old he? Time, yeah, he doesn't, it's like you guys all think that we're just like sitting around waiting to pass the baton. Like none of us want to get better at poker. We're just all like chilling out. In different out. ways. In different ways, how? It's hard to run sims. No, it's not. It's time-consuming. Sure. It's hard to get what you want out of them in some aspects. Like some people look for the wrong things. And I'm like... like Elaborate. Like I guess a lot of people when like they know that a sim exists and they think the sim gives an answer 
they think that they now want to find the answer for their specific hand in their specific instance. Where it's like, okay, like, does my hand want to bluff river? Yes or no. If it if it's in there at some frequency, sure, it's fine. And okay. if it's not, it's like you like look for an exception of, oh, this guy's overcalling. So sure. if I if I know lock and change it, my my answer is gonna be better and I should be checking. But I, I think community wide that's an issue yeah i don't think you're gonna find that with guys who are diligent enough to be studying at high stakes they got to high stakes because they're well i mean like, above average whether you want to call it iq or poker iq sure they're ahead of the curve yeah right they're so good. it's just like i don't care if you it's take a lack of respect yeah a little bit it, no a little it, bit. Well, a little i guess bit. the idea is like it's a healthy disrespect it depends from where though, I guess. Like like someone like Coon's been around forever and like we all like we like if I'm like the voice of the twenty one to twenty five year olds, like we think Coon's a beast. Yeah, but the thing is, is he's like five or six years younger than like a guy like Nick or myself. Right. So but it, you guys are in the same like group, but like people we just kind of see that as like, oh like Coon's been everywhere, Coon's like always been a player, Coon's always been like winning. And it's easy when like the history follows along. Like I don't know who won the past five main events but the thing when you say the history falls along you guys think that jason's career is like six years long right like i don't like I don't, he's been playing for we like just, 16 like we don't we didn't know you guys when you were our age right so we're like who are these who are these these beasts of the, these legends of the past like we yeah. see you guys like okay like they're legends like i tell chewy and nick all the time and you like you guys are like legends of the game you've just been like you've been around for 10 plus years legend of the game <laughs> maybe old timey reg in some aspect the legend of the game like you're like right, but like but but the the lack of uh conceptual well, no it's not even appreciating it, it is what it is like sure let's be honest the the next generation coming through now is eons ahead of where we Skill were wise yeah of course yeah i mean we were starting from literal scratch there, right. there was nobody trailblazing for us you know like it wasn't like negranu and barry greenstein were out there fucking handing out simulations for us to follow yeah that's kind of how you know? it is right like, like we had no idea we we were like trying to get over the hump of gambling yeah right where this game was still viewed the same way that heading to the pits were yeah, and right. most of the people who didn't make it past the 10-year mark fell victim to like drugs or hookers or, or the pits or other, owing. other things outside of the game itself yeah like they whether or not they were good at poker was kind of irrelevant because they yeah. were so bad at life. Isn't that what people are like talking about the whole like, is Stu Unger a legend? Because like he's really good at poker, but like he just had a bunch of other stuff going on. Yeah, or, like, right. Like, But like for that time frame, the fact that he was able to win so much in lieu of all that side activity. He's a god. Yeah, it made him the fucking best of that era. Yeah, and I'm sure like when I, oh my God, like when I get older, right? Like 10 years from now, like the, the young kids, when I become an old timey reg, the torch will pass on. Oh, so and I, those guys are going to be better than I am. Yeah, for some, sure. For sure. It'll always be that way. The evolution, it's just like sport, right? Yeah. The evolution is always going to be there where the next up and coming wave, the barrier of entry just continually gets higher. So therefore the people who break through are just always going to naturally be much, much right. better. They're just going to be better at some aspects. Yeah, the others. barrier of entry for me was low. In 2003, it wasn't even having money, man. I donated fucking blood. Yeah. Like I, I, I did this. Like, yeah, your skin, you, I know about this. Yeah, story. You can see it. I have like skin graft marks here on my arm where I had them come in and they took fucking, they took it like what looked like the back of a pencil eraser. Yeah. And they just zhip, yeah. and pull out like, I don't know, it's a pretty 26 story. layers of skin or something. It's like, a pretty sick story though. Yeah. Like goes like, down like, to that, the that's core. Like a, that's like a, it's almost like a tattoo of sorts. Yeah. It was a wound. They yeah. wounded me. <laughs> These are my got, these are my battle this, scars. This, you really started with blood money. Yeah, truthfully, <laughs> I started with blood. So they gave me eight hundred dollars. Hell yeah! And they put like this uh, drug that they were testing for um, diabetic 
like so people who are diabetic get foot ulcers okay so they're testing this new drug to see if it healed foot ulcers better than neosporin so they did like their drug and then neosporin and then like on this arm they did like nothing and then they did like nothing and then they did like uh their drug every other day you're just paying to get injured yeah just and they would see like which one healed fastest so i got like 800 bucks for that and i went and played five five live and i fucking spun it and like then i put some on party poker and played what if, like what if you didn't spin it oh i i mean i went broke a bunch yeah prior, like prior to me spinning that one i i kept depositing like 50 dollars at a time yeah that i would make from like cutting grass or whatever on okay. party poker yeah and i would just play five dollar sit and goes until i went broke yeah. Or until I ran it up to a few hundred. Sometimes I would cash it out. Whatever. I, I'm definitely not one of <laughs> Sometimes those. Sometimes you one out of 10 times you'd cash it out. No, nah, more often than that. But like I would dust sure. a lot. I mean, you have to remember back then, like the biggest stakes that Party Poker ran was 2-4 no limit. And the biggest sit and go at the time was 109. See, I instantly went to 200-400. But right, you just no. mean straight up 2-4. $2, $4, $400 no buy-in. Like literally one year prior to when I started playing, they only had limit hold'em. Yeah. So like that's the difference wow. in how early the barrier of entry was super, super, super low. If you had a pulse and a brain, you're probably winning against the field. Or heart. You said heart. Yeah, sometimes you just gotta have a little heart and click that button, you know? Um so yeah, for like my generation, it wasn't that hard to get into poker. Right. And it wasn't that hard to go through the evolutionary process in the sense that there was so much soft money, we could keep ourselves afloat if you were just smarter than the next person in right. the room, right? Yeah. But eventually, like, there was an apex, like Black Friday and beyond. The people who survived and then thrived at that point, it was a byproduct of their training. It was a byproduct of the way that they thought, et cetera, et cetera. I guess what I'm getting at is because your barrier of entry is so much greater, you had to be proficient at sims yeah. before you could even beat micros. Not micros, but, like, small sims. I started using sims myself at, like, 200 and out. Okay. So I was, like... I had coaching beforehand when I first started beat micro from there. I didn't run Sims. Um, and then the first person that kind of showed me some Sim stuff was, was Jeremiah. And yeah. he and I would, I was, he was. Okay. So stuff. just to get into beating micros, you needed a coach. And we didn't I, even have, I started like, I probably might've, I would have found my way eventually, but sure. I figured like, but the time frame might be three X. Exactly. That's exactly why and I the got cost it. of the opportunity cost there now might, actually ruin your career yeah like i might not be able to be where i am now if i didn't start fast but but also like whether you could achieve this or not like where you're at now is less of a concern than how you would actually survive those three years right just by getting there in the first place right because like now if let's say you're three years behind your current self three years oh my god it's longer than i've even played poker right that's what i mean like yeah. you just may not be able to handle the swings because life is expensive Right, like it costs money. I can only be out of college for so long when I first start. Right, yeah. Right, so when you shorten that, you obviously break through the barrier of entry and now you have a nice path ahead as well as like the other select few that we were talking about. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, I think the counter to that is almost certainly the majority of the young up-and-comers of your generation will have a shorter average career path. Go on. So I think that like your potential earn might be the same, okay, but it'll be over like maybe half the time. And then the game will flip over again and the incentive to push on will be less and less and less. We were incentivized by TV. We were incentivized by these massive glorified tournaments, the WSOP main event. Yeah, there was like- All of these pinnacle things, It was right? legal then. Yeah. Yeah. For you guys, you're incentivized by, I mean, we were incentivized by money, but like we were also incentivized by glory. I think for like your generation, 
it's strictly dollars. Yeah, I'm, I'm like few and far between in that way. I guess like I made that tweet once about like wanting to play in like tougher games versus yeah. like printing in soft spots. And that view is not really shared by much. And well, you don't got to worry about rent. Right. You start worrying about not rent yet. a little bit. You're, sure. I mean, you want to get a little so softer spot. Yeah, of course. And I guess it's just a circumstance thing. Like if I had the ability to like test myself and like play in higher stakes games versus tougher people and not have my world come crashing down if it doesn't go well. Yeah. There's more of a chance to see what that's like. But if I was obviously in a different spot and I needed to make money every month, right. I'd have a completely different viewpoint. Yeah. And I think that that's obviously better for your trajectory to have the luxury of saying, I want to challenge myself early. Right. Um, but I also think it, it prevents you, like it's almost uh, an inhibitor in some regards because you're not out there proving that you're the best 500 NL player in America. Sure. You're not out there proving that you're the best 1K NL player in America, right? Sure. So like poker is so much more of a ladder than it is this... Escalator. Well... Elevator is a better word, I guess. Yeah, I mean like you can't just like get off on the floor that you want to, right? Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are some exceptions where it's just like guys go from playing like 50 cent a dollar to suddenly just beating like 10K NL. Yeah. And they just skip a bunch of steps because like... They the, get in good spots. They or or just games. the talent pool between maybe like 200 NL and 10K NL isn't that segregated. Right. Like if you know how to play your range in certain spots, right. you'll be fine. Right. And so they just get backing and like they just jump into the deep end. Right. And I think that's great. But I also think that there's a lot of... Uh, like, there needs to be growing pains. Yeah. I think a <laughs> lot of like grit is developed throughout the process of holding... I don't want to use the term holding the lobby because it's not about heads up. Right. But like... Not just holding your own at a stake level, but like being able to illuminate that like you're the best. Yeah. And like in live, it was always subjective, but you saw who had stacks every time. You yeah, you knew what walking into a room. You, like, yeah, like the guy yeah. you wanted to stay away from. Right. Like I would literally remember like when I was first starting to play poker and like I would look at some two five guys and I thought two five players were like the best, the best ever. Like when I was playing one two, I was like, two five, one K max, that's a lot of dollars. And yeah. like I literally knew because of playing poker a lot and just seeing who had stacks who looked like they knew what was going on like you could just tell right like you just tell who is like mashing in those games yeah, yeah. and but like when you go through that stepping process uh it, it gets it gets diluted a lot right so i saw a really cool tweet that uh wait but why put out or right. not a tweet it was actually uh on ig okay uh he put it out and it was like this this graph yeah where it said uh my perception of people okay and the the uh the left-hand side of the graph was um, like something like godlike, human, or demons. Right. Right. So it was like this concept that, like, without really knowing people very much, you either you, worship them, right? You judge, demonize them, 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 yeah, or you see them as as humans, as an equal. And if if you looked at like where he started, everybody in the graph, there was like a big uh, density to demonizing people, right? A small concentration of people that like he held in high regard. Right. And then this tiny little striation of people that he just saw as human. Sure. Right. And those are generally going to be peers. Yeah. And then, uh, on the bottom graph, it said how well I know them. Right. Right. So it starts with obviously the, the initial point is you don't know them at all. Right. And then it progresses to, you get to know them very well and it all converges on seeing them all as human. Right. And I think it's kind of very similar in poker. Where it's like, it's easy to be in awe of like what you don't understand. Right. Right. You just like look up at the guy who's playing 10x the stakes that you are. Yeah. And you see his path and trajectory of getting there. And you're just like, wow, that is just so far ahead of where I'm at right now. 
So you like glorify him in some regards. Yeah. And then you look at whales in the same game and you're just like, I can fucking beat that guy right now. Yeah. Let me play him heads up. Yeah. Let me play 10 KNAL because like I'm definitely printing over this guy. Right. That kind of thing. You kind of like almost demonize him. Yeah. But like there's just a healthy respect that's necessary to compete in that arena. Yeah. And if you step your way to it, instead of just getting like thrown into the deep end, you arrive with some sort of subtle confidence where you recognize like, okay, the bad players in this game can still do damage to me if I'm not careful. And the good players in the game don't have the edge over me that I once perceived that they did. Right. It's like understanding like just stepping up the ladder, so to speak. Like you just put in the, that time and like that confidence of like, okay, like I've beaten this stake beforehand. I've beaten this stake beforehand. I've beaten this stake beforehand. Like, and just having that experience is important in some regards for self-confidence. Cause like, yeah. I know it's tough. Cause like in my case, I put in a lot of work and like run a bunch of Sims, of course, and play a bunch of hands. And there are times like where I feel like I know where I'm at versus some people like, okay, like I'm winning versus this guy. I'm not winning versus this guy. And sometimes like ego gets in the way and like it could be very easily jaded, but at the end of the day, like I know I'm going to put in enough work to be able to get to where I want to be. Yeah. So it's always like a weird like process of being like, oh, like, you probably shouldn't play in that game. And I'm like, oh, but I know like I'm, I'm beating this person, this person, this person. And it's like, are you really beating them? Or like, do you think you're beating them? It's like, how are you beating them? Like, so you know? I think that that's like really important to talk about because it's such a, it's such a concise, finite way of putting it. Yeah. Of saying like, I'm beating player X. Right. And I might be losing the player Y. Yeah. Right. So you're, you're very emphatic about it, but it's like, you can estimate this as much or as best that you can. Yeah. But the margin of error has to be pretty reasonable. Right. I would think. Yeah. Right. So it's like, it's really difficult to just say without seeing a massive sample. And it's just hard to quantify. Right. Like it's hard to be like, oh, like I'm beating him for five big blinds because he does this wrong and he does this wrong. Well, I mean, you could go purchase like, you know, 10 million uh, OTB Red Baron hands. Sure. And analyze them and say like, okay, I'm losing X big blinds per hundred versus OTB Red Baron because... You know, I can clearly see the disparity in the way we think. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I can see where he's earning money that I would not make. Like his yeah. red line is so much greater than mine or whatever the case may be. Right. And you can kind of just like recognize through hardcore Look data. at some stats. Yeah. I'd be like, okay, he's still betting this percent, this percent. Right. But the rest is just like, it's honestly not much. It's not that much different from live. I agree. Where you're just yeah. like sizing someone up. Yeah. It's just like, it's you like, look at somebody and you're just like, ah, uh, you're trash. <laughs> I, I can think better than him yeah right that's like what it boils down to and i feel like that's the way a lot of people like myself included of course like that's a lot of people that get into poker think that way it's like okay like if i'm the smartest in the room like i don't i'm gonna win all the money yeah and at least at the poker table like if you're if you think that you can outthink other people or like think highly of yourself and you think you're winning versus people like that's where i do still to some degree believe that that applies live yeah that's why that's what i mean and for both like online for sure like especially on screen name sites like you sit you see a screen name and you're like oh yeah, we've played, I think he's okay, but I think I'm better. Yeah. And I'm sure that's the way the same, like that's the same way other regs think about maybe when they play me or other people. Is they're like, yeah, he's pretty good. He doesn't make that many mistakes, but I know I'm better. I think you have to be delusional at least early in your career to ever see the late stages of your career. Like okay. if you don't have delusional self-confidence to the point where you, you like, I think you need to wait for the game to humble you, right? Rather than just approaching it from a humble perspective yourself. Because okay. the more humble that you you walk into the arena, the more likely you are to view uh, negative feedback loops 
as being objective. Okay. Right. So it's like if you walk into a game and you humbly say like, oh, I think I'm like the fifth best player in this in this eight handed game. Yeah. And you're gonna take that role as the fifth best player. Right. You're gonna you're gonna play the way you think the fifth best player would play. Yeah. But like if you have that that confidence of like I'm fucking up everyone. This is my table. It's like okay, like you might punt in some spots, but like sure. you might you're gonna push yourself. Like yeah, you're gonna yeah. try to play like as best as you can. Yeah, like when you go in there arrogant and you lose to some people that you might think like are on your level. Yeah. Now you can reevaluate and say like, am I better than that person or not? Don't get me wrong. Like there's a lot of emotional baggage that comes along with this. <laughs> yeah. But like, I think it's worth fighting for because if you come in humbly and just say like, those four players are better than me, period. Yeah. And then you lose to those four players. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. You're, you're allowing, I'm allowing that to happen. Where, kind of, yeah. Where it's like, not allowing it to happen because sometimes like you're just going to have like a, a set and well, it's like, reaffirm. Like, it's right. just reaffirming what it's you gonna, already thought gonna, to be true. Yeah, it's going to restate the claim of this guy is better than you, and yeah. like pots feel more uncomfortable. And I felt that a lot. Like I remember like playing some hands against my former coach when we play sometimes on on like global poker. Sometimes like we play some hands or whatever, and like he was like just playing a mistake just to kind of chill out and just mess around and like play pots versus me specifically. I would feel that same way of like he's better than me. Yeah, like, he's better, and I would overfold spots maybe like under aggress in some spots because i just didn't want to deal with the way he thought that i would i was playing right and that's a bad thing for me to keep in the back of my mind when i'm trying to play my best yeah because i'm trying to figure out how does he think i should play this not how do i think how do i want to play this for reason x y or z yeah yeah so this is why you see the old timey regs is uh no this is why i'm egotistical as, as fuck as dust bunnies <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll get i'll get my uh i'll get my I've been taking my shots, been like been winning at five ten, doing pretty well. Yeah. Playing these higher stakes games sometimes. Started recently playing. Yeah, I mean it's kind of the funny part is a lot of the guys that you're beating and competing with at like five ten ten twenty yeah. are playing fifty hundred live. Right. Like I'm playing the same. I, I'm playing with the exact same lineups in a lot of these live games that I'm going and sitting in. Yeah. And it's just like I feel like there's so much money for you to make there. Right. But there isn't a whole lot of glory. No, it's just money. Yeah. And it's no, like it's actually the more I think about it, like I remember at 200 and out when I first started getting good, so to speak. And I was breaking even 200 and out for three months. Yeah. And I was like grinding and I was breaking even in dollars, like winning three big lines per 100 in EV. So like I was going through an, a, a quote unquote downswing because I should have been winning money, sure, but sure, I sure. wasn't. And I was just like thinking about it now and like, I was, I literally started shot taking like five cano like two weeks ago and I played 10 cano yesterday. Like that's not in like the, it's different obviously at higher stakes. It's like the same pool and like more money. If you have access to money, like, okay. Yeah. But it's still like, I remember like grinding at 200 and L for months to try to get to that 500 stage. Yeah. And I remember like thinking to myself, like, I want to get to 500 before I turn 21. I want to get to 500 online before I turn 21. And then that was something I really wanted to do. I ended up getting it done and working really hard but i didn't go from 500 to 1k in a week right and it's just like that's the kind of like ladder that sort of happens and it's that's kind of my concern because right. i think it takes a lot of the fire away like all that hard work that you put in to get from 200 to 500 nl yeah uh i think that the same hard work is necessary to continually climb the ladder into high stakes but it's it's much more nuanced and it's rough, right? Because like games don't run very, like there's not six tables of five can all going. Right. There's one table on a weekend. Right. So every time it pops up, you feel like it's a spot you have to take. So it's a spot I have to take to get reps in. And if I, 
ego think I'm winning in some ways. Like obviously in those games, I think I'm doing pretty well. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, like the spots there, I want to take the spot. And because how else am I going to put in volume in there? Sure. And that's kind of the problem with trying to, with all well, I think that's something. Stakes. I think that's something like that you kind of have to, you know, <laughs> I don't want to say you're putting the cart in front of the horse, but like sure. you're sprinting to the finish line as fast as you can. Yeah. And one of the big things that like, I don't think anybody who hasn't been in the arena for a while understands is it's very challenging to put in volume at high stakes. Yeah. I'm realizing that now. Like, even if you're willing to play a mix of online and live, uh, you have to play like a mix of online, live, MTTs and cash. Yeah. And then maybe even start to dabble into like other games like PLO or yeah. or Big Back Mix or Some whatever. Mixes the case. And yeah. Whatever. yeah. Yeah. So it's like it's really, really, really challenging to find a way to put in two thousand hours at like fifty, a hundred, no limit. Right. And that's something I realize now. And it's just kind of like wild, just like going back to less than a year ago. Um when I thought to myself, like the highest stakes I was not ever going to play, but like want to get to play was like 2K and L. It's like 10, 20 on ignition. Yeah. When I was grinding ignition, I was like, I want to get to 2K and L on ignition, have one right there. And like, that'll be sick yeah. kind of idea. Now it's like playing like higher stakes live, playing 5K and L on WSOP, playing 10K. And then like seeing the same people play like 20K when it runs. It's just like, I always sort of see the next progression before I'm already there. Yeah. Where it's like, I want to get to the top. And then see what I can do from there. But like for myself, it's not just to kind of do it to kind of say I did it. Yeah. Because I would still battle with those stakes just because I've like I've already played the stake. I'm not gonna not play anymore because I did it once. I'm like, yeah, like I played that. That's it. Yeah, of course. But like you do have to be considerate of of how you're investing your time. Yeah. Right. Because you can't stop studying. Right. And you can't stop making money either. Because like it kind of goes hand in hand. One supports the other. Yeah. Um, so I do think that like, it's, it's a big juggling act to ask a 21 year old to undertake. You know a little bit about this yourself and your shot takes. I shot take way differently than you. When you were younger. Uh, even then I shot took, I mean, I was doing it in a live arena, so it comes off very different. Like it drives me bananas (laughs) to see you shot taking a 2550 game and then like two tabling 510. (laughs) It's just insane to me. It's like, you know, you have two buy-ins for this for this 2550 game and like yeah this means the world like picking up four buy-ins here is going to be really really critical right to you building your own business yeah like i would be analyzing every fucking bet that's made at the table like positional awareness like just everything that's going on but like you're just zoned you're yeah. just you got a mungus game on in the background okay come on all right <laughs> you're fucking playing two tables a heads up and right. like it's just like, I mean, this, these aren't the same games. Like to me, like the EV loss there is massive. Right. Like I can't even personally, I've found throughout my career, it's a struggle for me to be like multi-tabling tournaments and then playing one game of cash on the side. Yeah. I'm probably still winning in the cash game, but like my EV drops significantly Yeah, to where I'm asking like, is this worth it? Because right. my EV is also getting cut in the tournaments for every table I add. Yeah, it makes sense. And the way I sort of see it, which is some in in some ways like black and white is like i know when i'm in a specific spot how i want to approach it from just like repetitive work of like sure. okay i know this board texture i know how i'm supposed to bet with my hand i don't i know how i'm supposed to defend versus the check raise i know how to bluff appropriately and the stake isn't like the stake level is not going to change my overall frequencies right which it probably should in some cases when you're shot taking like yeah like 
maybe like not taking very like marginal pre-flop all in spots and right. like just playing pa more passive in some approaches. Yeah. But that's sort of how I view it as like, yeah, this is another hundred big blind poker cash game I'm playing. Right. Where it's not like a, oh, like I'm not giving it as much of an importance as it might inherently be of just yeah, yeah. being a bigger game and a spot where when this game dies out, the next time I play it might be in a few days mm -hmm. where one KNL runs every day and right. almost two KNL as well. Yeah, yeah. So like offering more respect to the stake might be a, right. like the stake, stake level I'm playing. Probably well, I, think that, I think that translates through live. Yeah. So like when you're forced to go play a live game and it's one tabling and you don't have any, anything to distract yourself with, like you don't have any other areas to be like filling the Besides downtime. like phone and boredom. Right, but you're not filling that downtime with other uh, plus EV decisions. Right. Right. You're not making money being on your phone no. or being bored or anything else. So the only way you're making money is when you're out of a hand to be accumulating information. Yeah. So it's like now whenever you're not doing those things, and you're just kind of like zoned out, waiting to play your frequencies, waiting to do this, that, or the other, you miss a lot of the important shit that gets exchanged live. Right. Where it's like, you don't run it on this guy. Yeah. Because he's too tight. Yeah. Or you don't you don't go for you it. You don't in not a spot. run it on this guy because he's not. Right. <laughs> right. And it's like all these pots are multi-way. I should probably be developing like some sort of an adjustment to right. my multi-way strategy right. because I'm not used to this. Or maybe in some like in some cases, like adjusting preflop raises instead of from th like a standard quote unquote 2.53x to like a 5x. Right. And then like you then you're able to get into like a heads up pot because people aren't gonna call. Yeah, a good example is that uh, I've been playing in an app game where the three bet percentage on average in the field is like six percent. Right. So I have to just uh, I don't have to. Right. But I'm incentivized to raise much larger. Yeah. Because I never face the heat of a three bet. Because when you do, you just muck it. Yeah. When I do, I'm just up against top tier uh, or top portion of the range. Exactly. And I just get to play bloated pots now against very passive opponents. Right. Which seems ideal. Yeah. And if but these are adjustments that like solvers aren't going to really consider because it's impossible to enter the, those types of parameters. Like the only, the only like counter to that is when you do raise bigger, they are not as incentivized to three bet you in the first place. So they get to play a little bit better, but they're still supposed to have some bluff somewhere. Well, they're not getting to play better necessarily because the only reason I'm opening to a larger size is due to their three betting frequency. Right. Right. So if they're well, if they're only gets five percent of hands five percent of the time. Right. That's yeah. what I'm saying. If right. their range is inelastic, right? Yeah, if it's just continuing, exactly. whether I make it two and a half x or four x, but their aggression frequency is also inelastic yeah. and just remains five or 6% regardless of sizing, Right. then it just becomes a really easy pre-flop game where it's like when- if, You're if gonna drive the action when you get pushed back against, you're gonna fold. Yeah, and if they're V-pipping like 25% or whatever, it's like, I'm gonna get to play a, lot, a bunch of bloated multi-way pots with pretty good hands Yeah. in situations where I'm just facing passive opponents. Yeah, sounds like a good game. Sounds like live. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like live poker. Yeah. And that's kind of like, it's funny, like these app games, even though they're in an online environment, so to speak, is they play very kind of similarly to live games. Same thing with WSOP. Yeah. The most, the majority of the poor live players who are like trying to figure out something to do during COVID. Right. So like, you know, it makes a lot of sense in that regard. Right. Speaking of finding something to do during COVID, segue out of this. Sure. Uh, we are headed to Austin for Palm Social uh we're hosting a week of games down there uh from december 2nd to the 6th rumors you're coming it's the rumor i don't know i'm coming are you coming i'm there that's the rumor we'll be there 
we'll be there. We're we'll in the streets. There. We're in the streets. We, uh, yeah, we have we have a nice fun schedule lined up. I think we're playing five ten the first day, um, some one two five two five ten uh, on a couple of the other days, and ten twenty five on the Saturday before we leave. Sunday is a six max event. Ah, six max. Lock it in. There it is. There it is. Just give the, me the crown now. Yeah, the, the land entice special. <laughs> yeah, the five hundred six max on WSOP. Um, yeah, but I'm pretty pumped. You obviously you haven't been to you haven't been to Austin. No, bro, it's wild. Yeah, well, I know of Austin. It for is right. You say wild. you say one two five like it's one two like five hundred dollar buy in. It's like one two like five k buy in. Yeah, no, it's one two five ten twenty five fifty. It's it gets weird. It gets fast. Weird. Yeah. Like last time we went. Christian played, like, I don't remember if it was a 16K or a 32K pot where he just got it all in pre with ace-king off against 5-3 offsuit. It got weird. It got weird Some got man. weird, yeah. Like, a lot of bets are going in with the old five high. He held, right? He chopped. He, chopped. he got what he deserved. If you're going to put in that many big blinds and not have a pocket pair, you got to draw in hand, son. You and you're only going to win half that pot. That's the old Tommy Reg speak right That's there. That's right. Ace-King, only a drawing Eight. hand. Let's find a call there somewhere, Pre. You know? Let's find ourselves a nice Ace or King on the flop and then see where we go from there. But he didn't win the first run either. Uh, I think I remember watching that. Yeah, it gets a little scary. Well, there, uh, there was a part of me that thought you were going to say, yeah, he held. And be like, ah, classic. No, the, no, the no. I held in every single pot during that trip. I just won infinite. Uh, I you ran, didn't get disconnected. Did not get disconnected. <laughs> no, I. Uh, everything went well. I opened deuces, aces, just flats. We flop a deuce. Oh yeah. Stack them. Yeah, they want to play against you know. Yeah. The space. That's right. I, I don't raise fold. Fuck no. <laughs> Reap at me, man. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, I'm kind of pumped to make it like a team trip too. Like, um, you know, Austin's a gorgeous city. I didn't really have a, much of a chance to explore it last time I was down there. We're gonna do that this time a little bit. I'd like to. I'd like to dabble. Uh, we hit the scooters on the street of the downtown scooters Austin. Scooters on the streets. Bro, we were flying around. It was can I? Great. Can I drive one of them? Yeah, you don't need a license for that. Okay. You just download it from like Uber app or whatever. Oh, it's like the oh, it's like the electric scooter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's like Lime, right? They're great. It's called yeah. Lime, I think. Uh, Lime is one. Bird is another, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of them. Um, Making our way downtown. Like we'll make our way downtown, doing a little scooting, scooting around. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to hit up Lake Travis, but I have a feeling it's going to be very cold. So I don't know. I, I, I feel like I'm going to struggle to get you boys out, out of the house. But they have pickleball there. was there. pickleball. Pickleball is a big deal there. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, last time I was there, I wasn't very good at pickleball, and everybody was hitting me up to play, and I was too embarrassed. Everybody is in the, the regs. Yeah, like the Austin Rags. Austin Rags. Like they knew I was in town. I was tweeting a bunch about pickleball. Some poker, like, oh, come play, some, some come poker play. pickleball mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, you're like, like pretty average. I'm like a two zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think we're, I think but we're now, hitting like now solid. we got a now we got a forehand. Yeah, I got now a forehand, got a forehand shot. drive. Yeah, that's right. I've been working on my game a little bit. You know, I feel comfortable at the three zero three five level. Maybe it should be like a solve for why pickleball tournament. I like this. I like. I'm playing in this tournament right after Thanksgiving, right before we go to Austin. Cranberry smash. Yeah. I'm going to get in there. Right? Get in the mix. Are you getting in? Probably not. Why not? My mom and family's going to be in town. She wouldn't want to see her away. baby boy out there at the Cran smash <laughs> trying to ship a pickleball tournament? Cash, no. It's no prize pool. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair. I thought it was for pride, play, Honestly, honestly, I think I was talking and maybe they'll just play pickleball like at Creek and like we'll just go, we'll go there and we'll just. Yeah. I'm sure we'll yeah. be I mean, I, I'm a triplet, so I have two brothers my age. My sister. They're coming also. Two, yeah. Oh, nice. It's a fa- it's a family. Oh. So wow. I told. So 
I live in Florida and I'm transitioning to moving uh, somewhere where you might know uh, mm. in Vegas. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, so, so I told my mom, I'm like, look, if you want to come out and see Vegas, feel free to come here for Thanksgiving and then I'll come back for Christmas. So mm. I don't have to go back and forth and yeah, she can yeah. see what Vegas is like. Smart. She can, she can meet you. She, my family can meet my friends, mm. which is, it's funny because I was talking to, I was talking to Nick about this a little bit. Like my friends are like, 12 years older than me and like 15 years younger than my parents. Yeah. So it's like the older crowd, but like still young crowd, but like it's going to get a little weird. It's good. It might get weird. It's going to get a little weird. You're going to have to invite like Jeremiah. So you have at least one person your age. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all my brothers will be fine. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's true. My brothers. Are that's true. Good. I forgot about that. They're going to be like, Oh yeah. You hang out with some old dudes, man. It's creepy. Yeah. You know, it's like, you hang with young dudes, man. It's it's, it's, it's <laughs> like we're all just like rolling around in a big white van with candy. Like, yeah, you play a little poker. Happy Halloween. <laughs> you play poker, young man. <laughs> young man. You want this lollipop? Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Chin's like the 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 nice halfway in between age age group, I guess. Probably he's 31. So 10 years. Only 10 years. Only 10. Yeah. Almost legend of the game status. Almost. Le- nah, he hasn't been playing that long. When do you start? Well, he started when he was like 20. He started post Black Friday. So okay. he's probably been playing like eight, nine years. He's got maybe. a couple years left before he's left. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got to hit that mid-30s stride. Yeah. But he finally started dabbling in the high stakes. So I think that, you know, he's prepared to to start, you know, puffing his chest a little bit. Get or, out there. Yeah. So maybe, prove maybe, his worth. Maybe get on a little poker after dark, a little high stakes poker. Who oh, knows? Yeah. Who knows? Get that solve for Y patch right there. Yeah. Yeah. We got to patch his ass up. Wear his shirt. Wear his own shirt on there. I hope. He <laughs> I don't, I, I won't allow it. I won't allow it, man. Can't he, take it. He can't make his TV debut wearing the pain. Wearing the pain threshold? The pain threshold. Yeah. It's too much. Or his, uh, as it pertains to? The as it pertains to is funny. He stopped. He totally stopped saying the phrase. It's really impressive. He got made fun of got a little roasted, bit. Got roasted a little bit. Yeah, and just like totally scrapped it from his vernacular, which is you really, took, really quite impressive. You took it out of the playbook. I wish I could take the word like out of my playbook. I say that way too much. Apparently. I didn't realize I said it that much. And then I started paying a little bit closer attention. And, uh, you know, in this hour-long form of potting, I definitely fill in the gap a lot. It's funny because when I do podcasts and stuff a little bit more now, my dad would like call me sometimes and be like, hey, you sounded good, but you didn't sound as smart as you are because you keep saying like every five sentences. Yeah. And I responded with, okay, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) I'll work on it. Right. And while I'm saying these sentences, I'm trying to not say like. Yeah. And it helps. Yeah. Helps not speak as fast. That's true. Um, So speaking of televised poker, high stakes poker is back. Yeah. We saw, uh, I saw some of the lineups. I don't know for sure, like, what they all were. I know there was one game where it was, like, Durr. Um, I think it was Durr, John Andreas, maybe Bryn Kenny. Was he in I think lineup? he played a little bit. Um, Jeremy? Jeremy was in there. Uh, Scott Ball was in there. Ah, man, there Perry were a couple. Was, Sean Perry was in there, right? Sean Perry was in there, yes. And Petrangelo. I think Petrangelo played Might in a different, different lineup. Right. Yeah. Um, but there's some old school guys. There's some new school guys. Oh, Jason Kuhn played. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think the other lineup... Well, there were multiple lineups. I think they played like three or four tapings. Right. Uh, there was another one that was, uh, I believe, Rick Solomon, Jeremy, um, 
Durr, just the splash. Like some might call that an action game. It may have some, been there a may bit have been some action. of an action game. There may have been some some uh, unscrupulous hands played. Some perceived good lines. Yes, yeah, some some, some really, perceived bluffs. Some really just uh, I'm not sure what to do here other than fucking rip it <laughs> and see what happens. Kind of plays. Um, you win sometimes. Yes, yeah, sometimes you win. You sometimes always have some form of equity. That that is it's it's rare that it's zero. You can never draw dead pre. That's true. That is true. Never you can come pretty close though. You can't come close. Like, ace king versus like ace deuce off versus aces. Ace king, yeah, you're pretty dead. Um, so yeah, that that took place. Pretty exciting stuff. From what I understand, they're playing like two four. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of the games are playing bigger. Obviously, any right. game with Rick Solomon is like automatic. The two four eight sixteen thirty two hundred yeah, sleeper. Just, it's just, just there. auto thirty two sleeper. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of what I experienced with these Bellagio games when I first started. Yeah, a couple months ago, I thought I thought I was just playing some twenty forty at the Bellagio, and it's twenty forty eighty one sixty, and sometimes the three twenty. And I'm sitting here. This is why you got to respect the VIPs, man. Yeah, they can do some damage. You show up and you have ten buy-ins in your purse. It turns into one buy-in. And it turns into one buy-in, and all of a sudden you're a little bit shook. Yeah. It's like, hey, you know, maybe I can't run it in this spot because I can't sudden, reload. All of a sudden they ask you to run it. You ask them to run it twice painfully. They say once, ace of spades on their hip. <laughs> One time, sir. One time, sir. One time. That's it. Um, oh, yeah, it's so a great story. I, I'm pretty excited. It, they didn't live stream them this time. So we didn't get to see the uncut version, which yeah. is what they had been doing with Poker After Dark right. uh, in the past behind the paywall. Um, I got to play Poker After Dark yesterday. Got the got How'd that the, go? Get in the ring with my man, the legend, Nick Shulman. Yeah. Uh, little part of me wanted to ask for his commentary during the entire session. Okay. But, you know, I, I didn't want to be rude. You wanted to. I don't want to overstep his bounds. There'll be a viewing party or something. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe we can get him to do commentary like over his own while play. we watch it over his own play. Right. So what I was thinking here was, yeah. you know, kind of like Poker Out Loud, uh, studio edition. Yeah. If you will. Yeah. Um, got to play with him. Got to play with your boy Jeremiah. Yeah. Uh, always a pleasure. Um, James Board, one of my favorite humans on earth. He's just so ridiculous. <laughs> First hand we play, spoiler, uh, <laughs> first hand we play. That's what you get for listening to the pod. You get some hands. You get spoilers and hands from new poker. I'm, I'm not going to get too deep into it, but the first hand, first of all, before we even dealt in, he just looks at the table and goes, all right, I'm just letting you know, eight, nine suited, I'm all in pre. <laughs> I'm all in pre. It's a good hand. I'm just, I'm all in pre. That's it. What's the, let, let's just, let's just like hear, hear me out real quick. Let's say you have, what's the worst hand if you open and he insta jams first hand? What's the worst hand you call with? If you have like oh. a 200 big one stack. Jack 10 suited. Action game. Yeah, action game. <laughs> action game for We're sure. We're setting the statement on this, on this yeah. game right now. I mean, it's 100 big blinds. I'm going to gamble. It's almost with, like you just call with anything. I'm going to gamble with James Board. Yeah. If, if he wants to do a 10K flip where he got the advantage of looking at his hand and I had the advantage of looking at my hand and raising first, yeah. let's run it. Right. I'm in. I'm 100% in. Some good TV right there. Yeah. So he he was obviously a pleasure to play with. He was a lot of fun. Uh, but the very first hand, Nick opens. Yep. He flats. Yeah. And uh, Scott Ball three bets. It ends up playing out where James calls the three bet and uh, a one-liner to a seven rolls off on the on the texture yeah and they get the showdown yep scott has the kings yep you know okay hand good decent, for him decent decent holding james 
Seven four off. Not nice. my house, baby. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Nice job. Ship me the pot, baby. Huh? Just, Just kings. kings. Those are no good here. We got the seven four zero. Just kings. Under the gun one. See, if call, you got money in pre, you win sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. but he he wouldn't allow it. He yeah. just went with the um, call. call raise, and oh, yeah. I'm gonna call a three bet, and then I'm just gonna flop the world, and we're gonna go with it. Thankfully, he didn't have eight nine suited. Yeah, so that eight was nine suited. He was all. It was gonna be, it was gonna be all over. That, Oh, you would made two pair. It's fine. Oh, never mind. Yeah, for Scott. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it was an exciting game. It was actually we started off playing fifty a hundred. Yeah. And when we closed the session, I looked at Nick and I go, I can't actually justify putting in my log that I just played a fifty a hundred game, can I? Right. He goes, No, no, no. <laughs> this is minimum fifty one two plus plus. Right. Min- plus there were plus. there were many many eight hundred straddles. Uh, I had the nut low seat. I was like in the small blind every time it straddled through to the Jeremiah's the button. I know. Nick told me he said Jeremiah. <laughs> Jeremiah, my guy got God seat. Oh my God, he's the five but- blinds in front of him. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. There's just yeah. like five blinds in front of him. Mr. Terry's sitting out. Like yeah. <laughs> it's just a dream spot for him. Um, yeah. he didn't run all that well towards the end. Uh, but yeah, it was yeah. it was a lot of fun. Yeah, always enjoyed. That's playing. what poker should be. Yeah, so. I ran so assy in the early part and so good. When I heard, we, I heard you, I heard you got stuck a little bit, and then you found your way. I was buried. I was down like thirty five k when we were playing whatever bastardized version of fifty <laughs> hundred we were playing. Yeah, and then uh, my man, Mr. Terry, uh, I'm, he's he's the best. Uh, he's a tournament local. Okay um probably in his like late 50s early 60s mm-hmm. legend of the game he's mr terry 07 online right you know him. you've played, played with some him. pots for sure you legend played pots. yeah absolute legend uh i used to grind like the venetian events with him and uh some 510 like way 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 back in the really day. just the guy's been around for literally ever back when you were my age yeah wow yeah probably well over a decade not so, your age when older. i was your age i was in college oh yeah that, um, that thing but yeah probably like more like 12 13 years ago sure um and he sits down and he goes boy 10k is not gonna go very far in this game <laughs> like no nah. no we got an action game on our hands Action game. and he's like well whatever when am i gonna get the chance to sit between you and nick shulman again yeah <laughs> like yeah, a point good attitude um super but yeah like once he quit uh we just you guys want to play two four it's yeah. Like, well, yeah, I'm buried, so let's play two four. May as well. <laughs> as a responsible adult. Right. Sure. And I just got ace king like 26 times, and it's like, okay, we're uh, we're unstuck. You wanted them to not respect your raises at higher stakes. That's right. There it is. Well, they weren't respecting my raises. Ace kings are drawing hands. Every time I put a dollar in the pot, I got three bet. So nice. I was like, must be I, nice. So if I'm gonna get three bet, let's make sure I have ace king, and let's, we're playing three x stakes. Let's have the hand. Yeah. Yeah. So it worked out a little Salon bit. Salon con. That's right. <laughs> face equity. <bro. laughs> You just build up the face equity for the end. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That was that was a really good time. Most face equity in the game. It's up there. It's it's strong. You know anyone that has anything more? I think Negrano has more face equity with Doug right now. Yeah. I, I would say. Maybe not though. Maybe Doug has more face equity with Negrano. Hmm. I want to say I would assume it would be the way where Doug probably thinks that Daniel is under bluffing in some spots. Which is probably naturally going to be true because it's hard to find all the bluffs you, you do need. Yeah. Yeah, but, sure. I don't think Doug's one to fold, though, getting a price. From what I've seen, he, no. he calls pretty Sucker for a good pretty price. light yeah. in a lot of these spots. You got to bet on that. I do. Uh, I took D-Negs at, at reasonable price, I think. He had a good um, session today. That makes me feel a little bit better. about. I was really hoping after the live... That he was just gonna was jump gonna, off. Just gonna like, ride off into the sunset. No, nah, I don't. I didn't care if he like just 
won all the 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 bet over twenty five thousand. I was just hoping he was gonna like just shoot up like fifteen buy-ins. Yeah. And then the and then price, whatever happens happens. Well, then I was oh, just, just like the, the price hedge. just drops to like two to one. Yeah. And it's just like okay, like let's just print some money on this and enjoy the fucking show. Yeah, enjoy the. Are you not entertained? Yeah. Yeah. It's like I didn't bet enough where like I'm gonna care one way or the other. Sure. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm pulling for my man. We'll take the win. I would win like, is nice. Yeah, a win would be nice for sure. Yeah, especially getting laid a price. Um, but yeah, what do you think of the match so far? Uh, um, Negs came back a little bit today. Yeah. Uh, so I've seen in and outs and here and there's of the match just because I'm busy either playing my own grinds and doing things on my own. But stuff I've seen like Daniel's been using a lot of twenty percent pot and three quarter pots for his strategy, mm-hmm. and it's going to be really hard to compete playing against somebody like Doug using a two-sizing strategy because he's like he's entering Doug's wheelhouse. Like Doug's just been playing heads up for his entire career. Be, be a little bit more specific. When or what portion of the tree exactly is he using these two sizes? Mostly like on, when he's, mostly on when he's the C better. Yeah, mostly okay. as like C bets and like some like turn stabs. And you're not going to lose that much EV in some spots, but it's really hard when you're betting a small amount and Doug understands that he should be check raising appropriately. Mm -hmm. And then you're forced to defend in that part of the game tree. Sure. Like it's not saying I'm good at it either. It's it's fucking difficult. Poker's fucking hard. Like it's it's fucking difficult. You know, like you put out, you put out a C bet with dust and you're hoping they fold. Sometimes you have some back doors and need to meet a peel one and then see what happens. And like the mistakes aren't on the flop, but they're the compounding, the compounding mistakes are really difficult because on river, when pots are the biggest, you can make many big blind many big blind mistakes in in one hand. Yeah, I would assume uh, a two bet size strategy on flop isn't that detrimental. I don't know how much like potting and over betting we're gonna see. I'm sure Doug will find the nuanced There's spots. Boards. Yeah, of course. Yeah, he'll find he'll find the very particular situations. Yeah. I would think it would harm Daniel the most in three bet pots. Yeah, or four bet pots. When pots are just bigger. Yeah, I saw him doing a fair amount of four betting off the button, and. It's weird because like SPR is much lower. Correct. So having a two bet strategy intuitively should be fine because yeah. the game tree is relatively simple moving forward. But I also think that like when he chooses wrong, it, it's very painful. When he chooses 75% instead of 20% in that yeah. spot or when he chooses and- 20% because he thinks it's a range spot. Right. But like really he should be going big. The lack of denial or realization that he's affording himself in those situations is probably going to show through a lot in the in the win loss uh, column, similar yeah. to like what you're saying with river, yeah, right. Because in these highly leveraged spots, now flop almost becomes equivalent to river, right? Because you're putting in so many big blinds, and it's just like just the nature of heads up poker. Like it's really hard to be even decent at heads up versus world class in, yeah. in a spot where Doug was at one point in his career, and he'll be the first to say that he's still making mistakes. Sure, and it's just a matter of who's going to make more. It's kind of how poker works. Like I don't right. play perfect. No one really plays perfect. Yeah. It's just about who makes more mistakes in spots where mistakes will be punished. When it's like, maybe you make a call that's losing 10 big blinds, but they have a bluff. So you win the pot. Right. And then you you skirt by. Yeah. And yeah. That, that's harder to do when you're playing a 25,000 hand sample heads up because right. you they're just going to play a proportion amount to their VPIPs of three bet pots four bet pots and single race pots. Yeah. And it's fun. Like it's fun to watch hands and kind of try to get like the insight of what's going on. And like, obviously if I really, there's a spot that like really kind of like irks, like irks me in some cases of, Oh, like this bet, I don't understand. Or this call, I don't think makes sense. Or this river raise 
seems kind of trashy. Yeah. I can just run a sim and see what it looks like in theory and look at it in the, from a theory baseline versus what Doug or Daniel could be thinking at, sure. in the moment. What uh, what have you thought of the coverage so far? Because like this is a pretty big, uh, you know, this community wide, this is a pretty big event. Yeah. But I think because of the duration of it, it's really hard to showcase it that way. We're missing Joey. Yeah. We're missing Joey. Joe, so he's gonna get in the he's gonna get in the Apostle Lab again. Oh yeah, Joey. And just goes, do well, live streams for twenty hours after every match. Disclaimer: I think Joey and I are gonna do some stuff on the Doug Daniel, and we're gonna do some live streams and we're going to mm -hmm. do some commentary and like, and we'll just try to talk about some hands and maybe do like some like highlights and, and lowlights and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And that should be a bunch of fun kind of with the chemistry that Joey and I have. And we kind of just talk about poker off camera. It's going to be the same thing as it would be on. Yeah. And it'll just be a lot of fun to kind of look at some spots and Joey has the engagement. Joey's got the hype. He brings, he brings to the table what, what you'd expect from... So are you guys actually going to like call the match similar to like what other streams are doing? Or are you just going to do like after the fact? I think we're going to mix. I think it'll be a mix. Like we'll have some live streams. Maybe, who knows? We might just go insano mode and just stream every time that they're going to play. Yeah. Like I'll just go over to Joey's and then we'll talk about the match. We'll pull, pull the hands up and we'll try to do as best as we can because without whole cards, it is really difficult. Also with two tables, it's really difficult to like, yeah, it's, it's try hard. to analyze something that happened in the past while there's two hands taking place. And interact with the chat. So like yeah. a lot of it's just gonna be like us kind of riffing back and forth and like hands that I think make sense and like try to guess some hands in some capacity. Just because without whole cards, it's harder to understand what hands could be in range in some lines because you don't see them and you just have to be inherently good at heads up to know what's going yeah. on in some regard. My personal take on this, uh, and I would love to be the people to do it, but like, I just don't feel it's, it's my niche. Sure. But my personal take is there's plenty of coverage out there. Yeah. I saw rabbit Chow did a stream today. Uh, Gigi's already doing a stream. Upswing's Doug's already doing, doing a stream. Or yeah, upswing's doing a stream. And there's going to be more and more that pile on as, as the, the challenge continues forward assuming that it's competitive right what what we're lacking is the sports center highlight room right the top top five with an analyst yeah right so it's like personally if i could encourage you and joey to do anything it would be that show yeah right a 30 minute breakdown of some of the more interesting spots yeah in a scenario where um you know maybe you run through a highlight package and you analyze like two hands right right so it's like here were the 10 most prolific hands of the session. This is where momentum swung and like yada, yada, yada. But these two hands in particular were most interesting. So Landon's here to analyze it. Kind right. Of so maybe like the way it kind of works out is we pick from sessions, like a session by session thing. And then we find like the top maybe three and then we'll run Sims for them mm -hmm. in ranges that like a hundred big blind heads up or if they're 200 because stacks are deeper than yeah. 200. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we kind of like look at the intricacy of like, not of like, I guess in the sense of like theory points in some way where it's like, uh, okay, like Doug did this. This makes sense in theory. Daniel did this. This makes sense in theory. It's mixed at certain percentage. Yeah. And kind of see like how far off. I just think you want to be able to it, estimate it, the EVs. Right. And yeah. in, in bigger, in bigger pots. And because uh, obviously it's a lot more interesting to look at a river where someone could potentially make like a 10 big blind per hundred mistake yeah. versus like a single bet, a, a single race pot where it's like check, 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 sure. bet three quarters fold where he should, if we knew what his hand was like, or call that's a mistake. It's yeah. Like, yeah of course. That the people don't care about that. The people want right. to see, the, they want blood. 
Also, like a hand that goes to showdowns a lot easier. Right, because then you can just you can actually analyze you could see if, like yes. if the combo is supposed to even be in range. Yeah, in the yeah, first yeah of course, of course. And yeah, I think that that would be fascinating. Uh, you know, it could even just be like a weekly thing. Yeah, of course. Where um, you just look at hands from the week. Yeah. yeah. So like maybe you're still only analyzing three or four, but you might be highlighting like thirty or forty. Yeah. Um, like Doug know. ran a bluff today uh, with Queen Jack in a specific hand, and that would probably be a good one to look at because mm -hmm. I'm I'm just curious about that one myself to kind yeah. of see what it looks like in a, from a theoretical perspective. And I'm sure Doug had his own reasons for for doing for running a bluff. We don't care about Doug and Daniel anymore. Right. Right. We don't care. We're the critical eyes now. Yeah. We want to hold their feet to the fire and see what it looks like. Uh, you know, th this is the test. You know, yeah, we have the answer key. That's what the people want. Yeah. yeah the people want the people, people want, want the, the black answer. and white yeah. according to the answer key. Right. And I'm being a lot, I'm, I'm being relatively uh sarcastic about this because sure. obviously like that's just not how the game works. Right. But I do think that that's the lens through which most it's people It's kind of like the best you were going to get for like the people to kind of see what it's going on in some sense. Right. Yeah, yeah, and I think from a breakdown standpoint, like that's, that's yeah, relatively true. Obviously, it doesn't have to be super in depth on like a theory standpoint, but you can just be like, okay, like you pull up, a, you pull up Pio or Pio, whatever you want to say, and then you pull it, you pull up the sim, and then you run the hand through the sim, and you see how the the EV gain like loss happens to each decision, and then yeah, take it from there, and then yeah. you can be like, okay, practically it makes sense to falter in this spot because it's hard to randomize and guess frequencies. So sure, we're gonna pick this one strategy of maybe range betting for X percent of pot and live with it. And if it's mixed, you're not losing any EV by doing it. It's right. Just, yeah. Just, it might compound on later. Yeah. I think, I think it could be an interesting thing. Yeah. Um, it'll be fun. At, at the very least, it'll be entertaining. Sure. Now, uh, adjacent to this, we have the Gelfon challenge going on and I feel like this is getting zero publicity. Right. So nobody else is picking up the stream. It's really only just run it once. It's run it once and, uh, Nathan Gamble and Henry, GTO commentator. But they're doing it for Run It Once, I think. Right. Yeah. Like, they're doing it on their own channels, though. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought they were doing it on the Run It Once channel. They they might be simulcasting. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's only one. I, I don't think that there's a second set of streaming commentary. It's what, what I mean is at. the Twitch isn't from Run It Once. Okay. Which is it's not from Run It Once Poker. It's okay. It's like from them, which is interesting. Yeah. Okay. But, that's But fair. yeah, there needs to be some more hype, like more hype in some ways. And I'm sure Joey is going to bring some hype back to that being the PLO, PLO God, if you will. Yeah. I mean, I understand his draw to Doug because he's his friend, but yeah. it makes a lot more sense for him to be doing the chance, uh, the chance Galfon thing, I think. I, I think, oh, yeah. I think he'll be back. He'll be back in full force. I mean, how much time does the man have in a day? These guys are grinding. He'll be back. We have two challenges going on like six days a week. I think what the best approach we might have would be something along the lines of like finding the best hands and then doing like an in-depth in -depth breakdown. Yeah, I think, gonna... I, think they, they, I think that's done though for the Galfon challenge, if I'm not mistaken. It just I think it's like Moonlight Master or somebody Right, has a it channel. just depends on who's broadcasting it. Because mm -hmm. like if Joey did it on his channel and like hyped it up and just had his sort of I guess you're just saying we get more eyes. Yeah, I get more eyes. Yeah, sure. Maybe sure. I guess people would care. Like people just care more. I don't know, man. I I do agree that like the community cares about what we make them care about. Sure. And it's kind of on people with platforms to uh, highlight the stuff that's important in the community. But it's long, man. These challenges are long. Yeah. The Galfon challenge is like what ten percent done. Imagine if they just like played. And then they had like a poker after, like a poker high stakes poker sort of idea where like they had the footage of all the stuff or mm -hmm. like maybe they played with whole cards and no one could see it. 
and they just did like a highlight show of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the challenge was already done. Yeah, of course, of course. That'd it'd be, be pretty interesting. It would just, it would be super interesting. It's the way like to- ev- Every week, there'd be like a new episode of the challenge. It's for sure the way to do this the right way. Yeah. The problem is, is like just the amount of time, effort, and production that goes into all of that. And I don't think any of these independent parties are like in a position to really do it. Was was MJ and Limitless were going to do something, right? No, I don't think so. I think that they're just going to like play behind closed doors. Yeah. Um. And I don't know, I, with COVID now on the rise, I don't even know if like that match is going to be scheduled anytime in the near future. Sure. Uh, but yeah, you know, we have another challenge to look forward to. Potentially. Yeah, potentially. We'll see. We will see. Maybe I'll have to throw the challenge. wondering when you were going to throw your hat in the fucking ring. Hat in the ring. I got some time. I got to bide my time. Yeah, just chill out. I got some money to make first. You know, let's make let's make all the money. All the money first. Let's huh? make all the money first. Mm. All right, I think that that about wraps it. Pretty good understanding of uh, what the young buck is up to these days. Hmm. And uh, I'd like to go whip your ass at a little pickleball right now, to be honest. Humble you a little, if you will. Could use it. You came back. Uh, I was in. I was doing pretty well before I left. Yeah. I left. Do you think we'll you regressed, or do you think that everybody else just caught up? To combo of both. I don't think so. I think it's very one-sided. No, I mean, I would say like 70-30, you guys got better and I didn't get better. Yeah, I'd see it more like 90-10. Like the group collectively all got significantly better. You guys did get better. And I'm measuring it not just on you. I'm measuring against other people that I thought were very good that I think now are just like mixed in. Like I think everybody is getting, with the exception of Conrad, because he's been out of this. He's been out of action. He also just like, he's like you, man. He just wants to hit the ball between his fucking legs, you know? Style points. So like, yeah, he, he, he's got to he's got to dunk on people. He can't just go for the layup. You got to have some flavor. You got to like you guys don't dink and dunk, or I guess just dinking is you do dunk. You I can't to dunk. I can't dunk. You can't dunk a basketball. No. Really? <laughs> you waste the height. Let's well, make a dunk bet. Do you really? Yeah. Let's do it. How tall are you? Six five. Six five. Yeah, but I'm. I can't jump. All right. Well, I'm. Jesus Christ. I'm 17 years your senior. I know you dunked. Yeah, you dunked. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have a repaired ACL. No, but I haven't dunked since any of this stuff happened. I'm old now and I have a fucking broken knee. So you got to let me know. What about, what about, what about, what about? No, no. I mean, I mean, for me. What if, what if we make a bet where I have to dunk a basketball by the end of 2021? Like you give me a year. No, no, no. I want to make, oh, I want to wash if we're both able to dunk. Okay. And I want to price if I'm able to dunk and you're not. Okay. As I should get one because you are five as, inches taller. As an old timey rag. Yeah, you're five inches taller than me. You're 17 years younger than me. 17 years. You're my poker career younger than me. I'm a god. Right. Right. <laughs> and you don't have a previously torn ACL. No. Yo, wait, let's work this out. I just can't jump. Let's get it done. I, I want to do that. I want to do a dunk bet. What if? Yeah, that'd be fun. Okay. I honestly, I want I want to dunk a basketball. You've never dunked a basketball. Never dunked a basketball. Wow, you should be able to dunk two hands like pretty easily. I'll never dunk two hands. I can't jump. I can't jump like that. You'd have to get like a nice, a good throw. No, 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 no. I've been able to like, I can't. I've never been able to hang on the rim two handed because I jump off one foot. So like, for me to even like get up that high, uh, I have to take a hard run, jump off one foot, and my momentum is already carrying me. So like I've been able to like get my fingers over the rim. Yeah. But that's it. I I couldn't like. It's actually gonna be like 
it would help in many different ways because I would be forced to lose weight and I would be forced to get like I've lost will lose more weight because yeah I'm I'm like I think it's time to get your ass in the gym too I agree yeah should make that happen Tuesday Thursday Saturday man I hit up the garage gym Tuesday that's it well Monday Wednesday Friday I go to my trainer so no that's not it I'm there six <laughs> days a fucking week buddy you're back you you're back in the gym grind I'm back on the gym grind yeah oh yeah I never left you left. I, I toned it down a bit. You left. I got a little soft. You left. You know, it was COVID. Nobody was going to see left. me without a shirt on. <laughs> he, left. he left the gym grind. We're back now, baby. I'm down to a nice clean 191. We're getting a little bit lean out there. I'm ready to rock. I'm going to be dunking. I, I got to get to sub 200 in six months for this fit, this weight loss bet thing I did. It's with a like, fucking joke. I wait. Uh, well, I wait. Yeah. What wait, do you weigh now? I weigh two, two fifteen. You have to get to. You have to lose sixteen pounds we'll in lose six it. months. We'll have to lose it every month. You have to lose a little more, so you can't just like steamroll do it all sure. at once. Sure, sure. But yeah, I do, which just means I have to play pickleball and get in the gym. Yeah, I agree. It's about that time. Should be. It's about damn time. Yeah. All right, I can help you with that. You help me with uh, right setting some parameters up. You just you <laughs> help me get young. <laughs> I don't want to be an old timey reg. Yeah, you don't want to be an old timey reg no more. No, that's right. Yeah. All right, that's a wrap. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back next week. Uh, who knows what the fuck is going to be going on? But it will be uh, our last vlogcast prior to Thanksgiving. We're going to be doing a live vlogcast from Palm Social in Austin. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, in the meantime. Hang out, like, subscribe, leave a comment below. I think we're going to be rolling out a, a Black Friday merch sale for everybody. So stay tuned for that. I'm also pretty confident I'm going to jump back in the streaming streets starting this Sunday. Whoa, uh, WSOP, that's a big ass. WSOP, that's a big ask of yourself. Uh, WSOP got a tournament series going Online on. Online championship. I don't think I'm going to stream every day. But we'll like, like the high rollers. Yeah, Sundays are good. Tuesdays are good. Whenever there's no live games going, I'm not going to be missing too much. We'll battle again in the 506 max. I miss it a little bit. Not a lot. Maybe that's what I need. I need you to get back in the field. Mm. Remember? Remember when we played the five and six max and I told you I was going to win it? Yeah. Got it done? Yeah, you did. You were still pie-eyed and hungry back then. Still am. Now you're dead even and over it. You're just, you're an old wither reg now. Right. Yeah. You're like, oh, I've won the 500 before. I don't That's care. my turn. No, I got to defend my crown. Right. Because you won it once. I won it twice. Oh, okay. Twice. Month. Maybe. My bad. I played it for like two and a half months, and I, I played it for like two and a half months, and I, I final tabled it like seven times. Yeah, you know it's a forty man field. A hundred with the revise. Forty people play the event. A hundred, a hundred, a hundred, hundred entries no, go in. A hundred people with no. Honestly, the one I won the first time was for twenty seven because it was during the main event. Mm, right. I was Big in that one. one for four bullets though. Sure, you deserved it. Got it all done. Good for you, man. Yeah. That's a wrap for episode number 22. Uh, I will see you guys all in. You are not above me. I bet you wish you was me. I know that I know.